3: Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, the wrestling you hear is Jeff Fiegel. The phone number is 201-939-4513. <laughs> Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. Nice. Get out there and play. Jeff is doing some filing, apparently, mm-hmm. to, at the start of the show. There we go. And you can, you can hear all of Jet's filing on the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. Wow. It's on the Giants mobile app, your favorite podcast platforms at Giants com slash podcast Jeff happy filing Friday how are you <laughs> happy f- happy football and filing Friday I was actually moving
4: papers yes that's what I was I didn't realize it was that loud excuse me it
3: so. was quite loud that's okay um <laughs> <That's okay>. uh, <laughs> It just shows that Jeff's at home trying to get things done as he I, I tries unfla- to pay attention to the show while Tiger <sighs> is teeing off on a paw three down in you know Augusta. I,
4: and I, you're right. I'm going to do hold. On, I'm going to do you and the fans, everybody, a favor. I'm going to. You're going to turn, turn the it, volume up. No, I turned it off. <laughs> I turned it off, John. It is no no longer a distraction. The only distraction now will be the sound of me flipping through the papers <laughs> of my notes from last game. That's what I was doing. I was bringing up regular season seven Giants at Philly. Um, and this is the pregame show. This is how I have all my files. So now this is the nice, nice and neat printed out copy of our, of our rundown that you always put out on Fridays. Usually sometimes I get them late. Wink, wink. Um, and, but this time, <laughs> I'm deserve just, that. i just going I'm going through my notes and just kind of, because, you know, I, I'm sure you do the same thing. You just go back. You write a lot of stuff down on those games. And, you know, it's kind of fun to go back and look at, at kind of what you did and what you wrote down and kind of brings up a little, brings you back because, you know, my memory. I got to go back and look at my notes for, for the Eagle game. It was not very long ago.
3: No, it was not. Jeff, it was only uh, four weeks ago or mm-hmm. three weeks ago, but it's the second time they're playing the Eagles in four games. So that's the dichotomy. Of me there, but you know the thing about it, and to me, that's interesting, is while these two teams have played each other recently, and Philadelphia has only played one game since then against Dallas, they're coming off their bye last week. The Eagles are getting so much healthier on offense; yeah, yeah. it's it's almost a different team. I mean, they're going to have I was four or five yeah. starters that they didn't have against the Giants when they played them. Back in Week 7, I'll go through the list very quickly for the fans. Jason Peters, left tackle. Lane Johnson, right tackle. He only played about 70% of the snaps in that first game. Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver. Dallas Goddard, tight end. Miles Sanders, running back. They might have Isaac Samalu back, depending on what they do with him today at practice at guard. So that could be five or six guys that will be on the field that did not play any or all of the snaps in their first matchup. So this is going to be a much better Eagles team offensively. So when you look at their rankings, Jeff, offensively, the Eagles rankings offensively, quite frankly, stink. They're no good. Um, they simply have not been good this year because they've been hurt and injuries play such a huge part in all this. They rank 27th in yards per game, 28 in yards per play, 25th in pass yards per play. Frankly, they've been bad. They've been a bad offensive football team. With that said, or I'm sorry, 31st in passing yards per play. With that said, with all these guys coming back healthy, this is a much better offensive team than the stats will tell you.
4: Yeah, and I'll start with Miles Sanders. i I just start right there. I mean, having him back in the lineup gives this offense so much more, uh, you know, firepower because you can he can run the football he does it well. Uh, they're getting their offensive line is healthy again, so you've got that going for them. So, and then all of a sudden now you've got um, the Giants in the first matchup. Deshaun Jackson played a little bit, and then he got hurt and he went out. He won't be back, so that's a good thing. Yes. Um, what about Rager or Rager? Does he Rager, He does he? Did he play in the first game?
3: Uh, I think he only played a couple of snaps. But, okay, so but he's a Rager young guy should and, be in there and, yeah. and much healthier than he was in that.
4: But game. But Jeffrey obviously is a big a big weapon for them and. Um, And let's not forget about the tight end position. Dallas Goddard is a guy. So yeah, John, these guys uh, are healthy. Uh, Their offense can now try to operate like they normally do. Um, But, you know, listen, the
3: Giants, if they can if they can play the way they have. Actually, Jeff, you know what? You're right. I take it back. Rager did not play in that first game. So that is another down. Not playing. I just wanted to make sure you are correct. He did not play. So that is another guy that they had coming back. You're right. Uh,
4: so I think that the Giants' uh, defense is going to have their hands full, but I think Patrick Graham will, as he always, puts a good game plan together. And this is going to be probably one of the biggest games on the schedule at this time for, for since a long time. This has been. This is going to be a great game. This is going to be a really good game. The Giants could get the three and two in the division. Wow! Imagine that. That would be amazing. And they just got to play better. Um, in the crunch time than they did last week. Looking at my notes, um, they did last four minutes and 38 seconds. They were up by 11 points. And, and we won't then, go through that. And
3: then they were down by three points. Shortly thereafter. <laughs> That's right. And, and if you look at the standings, Jeff, and you made the point that it's a very important game, and I probably should have led with this, the Giants at two and seven, and obviously in a silo you're like okay well well sure not good and season over right yeah. well when the team in your division that's first place is 3-4 and 1 maybe not so much now it's still a long climb that is a you know, it's a technically a two-game advantage right now, but the Eagles have had their bye. The Giants haven't. So the the Giants have to make up three games in the standings over the rest of the year because of that tie that's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be two and a half games, depending on what happens with, you know, Philly and, and the Giants with their bye and what the Eagles do next week. But they are in the vicinity, for lack of a better term. If they win this game, you mentioned you go over five hundred in the division, and quite frankly, Jeff— You're beating a better team. I mean, look, you beat Washington twice. That's great. Washington has a good defense. Their offense is still not great. But Philly, especially now that they're healthier, is a better team. They're just better. So this, to me, is a bit of a litmus test game in a lot of different ways. Can you go out there, beat a better team? And frankly, in a game last week where the Giants got the early lead and they could stay within themselves offensively, You know, the Eagles are much more explosive on offense. They're going to put up some points in this game, in my opinion. Can this Giants offensive line hold up when they're asked to do a little bit more than what they were asked to do last week against Washington? So in those ways, I think this is a litmus test game to see exactly Mm -hmm. how much this team has improved over the course of the year.
4: Well, a couple things. Um, You mentioned what the Eagles do next week. Well, by the way, go ahead and look at that schedule the following week, the following week, the following week, the following week. No, it's tough. We've got the the Eagles have the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, and the Cardinals. Take a look at that one, boys. That is some rough sledding right there.
3: It almost For, looks like the Giants, Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens in December. <laughs> it does. It does. Right.
4: But what you want to do? You want to split with the with the Eagles, okay? So you can and you got to get a win. But yep. let's not look ahead. Um, the other thing is if you look at the Washington front four. And the Eagles' front four. Which one, in your opinion, Mr. Schmelk, is more potent? It's got to be the Eagles.
3: I think right? it's. I think the. I think Washington probably has better. It's close. It's close. I think. The Eagles I think are they have probably, better edge rushers. I think the Eagles are probably a little bit better.
4: Okay, so with that in mind, um, you look at how the Eagles are going to match up with the Giants' rotating offensive linemen. Um, and it's been, you know, that, that line is playing formidable the last couple weeks. So good matchup right there, in my opinion. I think that's where you're going to need to look. That's where I will be watching the game because I think on both sides of the football, the teams are going to try to run the football this week. Uh, establish that line of scrimmage, make some first downs. In the game last time, John, the the Giants were pretty, they were very successful inside the red zone. They were, I believe, 100%, two for two, um, and two for two for goal to goal. So, however... The Giants, they did a good job defending the red zone against the Eagles last time. Three of eight. There you go. They were 37% in there. So there's kind of uh, something you want to take a look at. And when you mentioned that you believe that this might be a little bit of a higher scoring game on the side of the Eagles, well, if the Giants can eliminate them uh, in the red zone, then they've got a chance. So a lot of good things to go, but I think the biggest thing that you talked about and I think the most important is that the Eagles are probably the team that we thought was going to be at the beginning of the season, the division winner just because they're the Eagles and they're, they're, they've got on paper a lot of good players. Well, on paper, these guys are coming back to play this weekend, and that's a big, that's a big thing you have to look at. This team is getting healthy.
3: Yeah, and you go back to that first game, Jeff, and, and Joe Judge has made the point that it's a completely separate game so you can't worry too much about it, but it's important to note that the Eagles, and I don't say this lightly, dominated the first half of that game
4: they certainly did
3: they legitimately dominated now it didn't reflect itself in the score and here's why they settled for a field goal when they got inside uh the Giants red zone they had a third Mm -hmm. and seven at the 13 they failed they kicked a field goal on the next possession the Eagles got intercepted inside the Giants' 20-yard line. Mm -hmm. And then on their final possession, they missed a 29-yard field goal when they (laughs) had the ball at the Giants' 11-yard line. So that's three red zone trips to end the first half. They only got three points out of it. And the Eagles, despite all those injuries on the offensive line, all those injuries at wide receiver, they still gained 442 total yards. Carson Wentz in that game had a monster game despite all the injuries, 359 passing yards. So this, I think, is a real test. I think the Eagles of Jeff are going to look at the Giants' strength, which is their run defense, to your point, and we're going to see a ton of play-action pass on first down. And they're really going to try to pressure this Giants' defense on early downs and try to push them that way and not play to the Giants' strength. Because you know how the Eagles work with that West Coast offense. They're a throwing team. They're not a running team. So while, yes, they're going to try to get Miles Sanders going, I think you'll see a lot of passing Mm -hmm. On early downs. Now, it could be some bad weather on Sunday. Might be a little rainy. Might be a little windy. We'll see how that affects this game. But uh, this is going to be a real test for the Giants defense too. And it should be fun.
4: Yeah, I think the one thing that I have noticed recently from the Giants that I'm not happy about, and I'm hoping that they can clear things up a little bit, is that the check down passing that these teams are doing against the Giants defense. This could be a problem in the Eagle game. Um, Oh, yeah, because
3: they love throwing to the backs, man.
4: Oh, my goodness. Boston Scott, okay, Sanders, those guys just trickling out of the backfield and just checking down to those little five, six-yard – little completions and what do those guys do? They make their player, they make people miss. Well that's the and, thing.
3: And, and and the Giants didn't tackle well on those plays last week. They have to tackle better on those plays. They did
4: not. And I you know, I don't know what type of a defense it is a prevent I I I hate it. It's but a zone. it seems it's, it's a just zone. it's a zone and it's a drop down. Yeah, you know, those guys just read it and just sit there and and like you said, I, I don't think that this Eagles team is gonna throw the ball less than thirty five times. They're gonna put it in the air. Oh yeah. But the problem you're gonna have is if they start to get the running game going Carson Wentz will want to make a big play down the field to Alshon Jeffrey, okay, or to their
3: guy Fulgham. I mean, he's, and Fulgham's he, good, by the way. I know he's a like sixth round pick and
4: everything—that dude uh, can play. That guy, well, I think for maybe the first three weeks of the season this year, maybe four, he was up there in the in the top uh, receiving uh, t- receivers for the league as far as uh, receptions and and yards. So yeah, good good player. And those guys are out there, John. You find them. Darius Slayton's another one for the Giants. You know, they go out. there. There's guys that can play that just get overlooked sometimes in and, the draft and process. And
3: Slayton, by the way, got slowed down by Darius Slay in that last game, too, which is a well, matchup to keep that's an not, eye
4: on. That's not, a, you know, that's not a fluke. I mean, that guy is one of the best corners in the league. And so uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is always the division games are close. We know that. I want to see out of this Giants team, I want to see them come off of a win and play consistently like they did to win last week. That's what I want to see. It's a division game um, and maybe really take the next step and go 2-0 and in the second half of the season. That would be amazing to me with this team.
3: No, I'm with you. All right, we got a full bank of calls. I want to get to you, but first a couple of roster notes from practice today. By the way, Big Blue Kickoff is presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Were they outside, John? Uh, yes, they were outside. Paul DeTino reporting from practice. You can see it on his Twitter feed that he did not see Devontae Freeman out there. So remember, he's been battling an ankle injury. Does that He, try, he practiced in the limited portion the first two days this week. So if he was, in fact, you know, you know, Paul, he's getting a little older. Maybe his eyesight's not what it used to be. But if, if he was, in fact, not out there, does that mean Alfred Morris gets called up again for this game, Jeff, which would mean it's the third time for him, which means they would have to sign him to the active roster. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And they also mm-hmm. called up Kyle Murphy, an undrafted free agent, interior offensive lineman, uh, up to the active roster as well. And I see that
4: they released a couple guys, too.
3: Yeah, um, and I wonder if the Murphy move, by the way, has to, maybe another team was trying to poach him. Off the practice squad, and they said, so they did that, and then and then maybe you know that that way you keep him in the program.
4: Sure, and I see one of the one of the players that the Giants did release was Tomlinson from from the reports that I saw before we came on the show, and he was a guy that was inactive every week. So I mean, those are you know that's a sign. Hello, that's a sign, boys. When you're inactive every week and you don't get a jersey, I would be walking on, you know, <laughs> eggshells. Well, oh you know,
3: and, well, once once Caden Smith especially got cleared from the concussion protocol, yeah, yeah, it, it was a, it was a lot easier to uh, good point to make a move like that. And he he has been a full goal, by the way, so he should be good to go. One one last thing that I was looking through
4: uh, transcripts of the game last time that they played. I know that Joe Judge doesn't put much credence in the last time you played him, but I do. Uh, And one thing that I took into consideration here was looking through these transcripts that Jabril Pepper said that they have to learn how to close out games. What a great quote from him just a few weeks ago, because when you really look at it, these games that they're losing – they got to be able to close them out. What did they do last week? They, they closed it. out the game. Yep. So that, that, I thought that was a really interesting quote from him for a few weeks ago, and he basically acted on his own quote and went out there and did it. So I, I, I appreciate that, and uh, I love to watch that guy play. He's uh, a local guy, as we know. So I saw him play in high school, and I just love to continue to watch him play for the Giants.
3: 201-939. Nine, nine. You're fine. 201-939-4513. Nine, nine, the New York Giants in Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Let's go to Big Ed in Maryland's been on the longest. Let's go at him first. Big Ed, what's up, bud?
2: Hi, Big Ed. Hey guys, what's up? How are we doing today? We're good. We're,
3: we're good, Big Ed. I want to get to a lot of callers today, so let so let's get to your you gotta, point quick. You okay. Nip it.
2: Okay. All <laughs> right, guys. Jeff called it out. <laughs> Jeff called it out. What's up, Jeff?
3: Hello. Big Ed, get to your point. That was what I was saying. Let's okay,
2: go. Okay, Relax. <laughs> I know we got calls. I'm not going to make – I'm not going to, you know, take a whole bunch of time. I'm just going to simply say the pass defense got to be on point. If we – we just have to – it's like, oh, okay, let me get to it. Three turnovers. The defense has to score at least twice. The offense scores twice. Wait,
3: does the defense have to score twice, Ed, or set up two scores?
4: just don't
2: say they right. have to or. score twice. Oops. Either or. That's either or, okay? okay? that's fine. Yeah, you, glad you cleared that. Yeah, either or. But the point is they got to get three turnovers. And then basically repeat what they did last week. I mean, that's pretty much it. If it's going to be that way, it just has to be that way. So... No,
3: I'm with I'm you, about- and you know Ed, I I think I should bring up a really good point. And we did not bring up the Eagles' turnover issues at the start of the show. They're minus seven, which is the second, tied for second worst in the league. They have 17 giveaways. I wonder if the health healthier offensive line. Will and just having more guys around will lend itself to Wentz playing a little bit more conservatively. Maybe that's not in him. I don't know. But you're right. I think if the Giants want to win this game, I do think they need to win the turnover battle, which against an Eagles team this year has been very, very plausible.
2: Right. So that, that just goes to show. That's simply that, man. It just, they do that. It's about, and then more importantly, more Man, it's the will, man. We, we got to win this game. This is a big game. This is our playoff game because winning this game, going into the bye, sets up everything else afterwards, which makes it even more sweeter. So, plus we have McKinney back after the break. and Oh, man, I'm, all these possibilities now become possible because mm-hmm. then we have an extra running game with Freeman. I wouldn't really – and then I'm going to go, I ain't worried about the Mars thing too much Just. Keep Mars because Mars is pleasable. You know he's making it work. He knows what he's doing. But Gilman gets the most of the carries though. So that's it. Awesome. Thank Love you, big Ed. Ed.
3: Good stuff, bud.
4: Always Thanks. good to hear from you. The other the other thing we did not mention: the Giants had nine penalties for sixty two yards in that game. They cannot do that again. And crucial ones. And, and at and, the and bad like, times. And by the way, all the ones the Giants are not a very penalized football team. They just they're the penalties that they do get, like you said, John, are in horrible, horrible situations. You cannot have those. You just cannot do it in a game like this this weekend.
3: No, you can't. And, look, we've talked about it a lot. The Giants don't have the overwhelming talent where they can overcome 2nd and 15s and 2nd and 20s and 3rd and 12s. If you look at the game last week, Jeff, I broke down the 3rd downs, and they were 6 of of 15 in the game. One was a kneel down, so I throw that one out. So you're 6 of 14. On 3rd downs of 5 or fewer yards, they were 6 of 7. On six or more yards, they were 0 of 7. So it goes to the run game. And the Eagles run defense, which is usually excellent and one of the best in the league, has actually been a bit susceptible this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why they don't give up, as many, give up as many big plays on defense. That's somewhere they're actually really improved, where they've given up the second-fewest passes of 20 or more yards this year. You know, in the past, you can get them on double moves. You know, Ronald Dar- you know, Darby, when he was there, he gave up some big plays. They're better at that. So I do think running the ball is important in this game so you don't allow the Eagles to pin their ears back with those rushers on third and long and just come after the quarterback because that is a bad situation. And I've kind of said this to you before this year. you got to stay on schedule in this game on downs and in the score. If you're in third and long or down a couple of scores in this game, that is a very bad formula for this Giants team to keep this one close.
4: It is because their pass defense is, is top five in the NFL. So, you know, they, they lock you down. So, you know, we always talk about play selection with third and fours, third and fives, third and threes. They're a lot easy, right? But, and, and, and case in point, what you just said last week with the Giants, was it six,
3: six yards or more, John, that you said? Six they or they more yards, they were 0 of 7, yes. And oh, by seven. the way, a lot of those were like 10-plus.
4: Yeah, yeah, and, and by the way, that's when some of those penalties come in. When you've got you know a penalty on first or second down, would you get into second and fifteen?
3: And by the possibly. way, negative run plays too, Jeff. And they have not had. Remember last year, how many negative run plays they only they had, had one on last first week, second down. Yes, they haven't yes. had, and I think it has to do with that kind of that straight ahead downhill running game that they've adopted. There They're just go. not getting negative plays like they used to, which is great for the offense.
4: And look, look at the look who's running the football and the style of those runners. Good point. And look at the way that Saquon runs the football. And I'm not getting on him. I'm just saying his style of dancing around and looking for holes. Um, And then, boom, he gets hit from behind. And, you know, there's a minus three or four-yard loss. Because with Saquon Barkley, you'll take a minus four for a plus 36 somewhere down the line. You know, he'll get you a big run. But, yes, it makes a difference when it comes to play calling. Second and six is a lot easier than second and ten. Believe it or not, it's only four yards. But the statistics that you just threw out tells me a lot. Second, third and seven or more, or six and more, 0 for seven. I mean, just get a couple yards, every play on those first and second downs, and you're okay.
3: Let's go to Peter in the Florida Keys. He's up next on Big wow. Brother. Pickoff Peter, Live. Peter, hey, how are Pete? you doing on there? You guys okay?
0: Oh, yeah. All the hurricanes have passed. So All right, good. Now I can talk Giants football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very um, good. Couple, yeah, a couple questions for you. Um, I've noticed over the last few games, the Giants defense, they played a lot of heavy zone. Yep. Do you feel that it's due to the teams they are playing or more of the personnel that we just can't stack man well, to man? Well, Pete, honestly,
3: they 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 figured out back yep. in week three, more or less, that they need to be a heavy okay. zone team. Uh, they've been, and uh, gotcha. th- the media finally figured it out and started writing about it. But <laughs> this yep. is something that. Just this uh, week. They yeah. just asked them all these questions. Yeah. Correct. But yep. this is something that's been going on for a while now. They only played, I think, four snaps against Washington. In uh, in cover one, which was a single high in man to man, I think part yep. of it's the opponent, but let's be honest okay. for a second, Pete. Do you find Washington's weapons on offense to be scary? Negative.
0: Negative. Negative. I agree. So <laughs>
3: if so, if you're gonna play heavy zone against Washington, that tells me yep. you're playing heavy zone because of your guys not because of your opponent. Now, if they just did it against Tampa and Dallas, okay, cool, I get it. You know, L.A., you got to zone those guys up because you can't cover them. That's fine. But if you're running 90%, 85% zone against Washington, that tells me, and by the way, this is not a criticism. This is a credit to the coaching staff that they've identified their best players on this team are probably the Logan Ryans, the Jabril Peppers, guys like that, and they think the best use of those guys' skills is to play zone. And more importantly, they think the best way to mitigate the weaknesses in the back half of the defense, so the guys that aren't Logan Ryan, Peppers, and James Bradbury, are probably not to put the man-on-man man, either with Holmes inside or with Yadam or Ryan Lewis outside with some really good wide receivers. So to me, and Patrick Graham more or less said this on his press conference or in the week without saying it, we evaluate our roster, and we believe our best chance of stopping people is by playing a lot of zone. So that's what they've adopted. I would expect that to continue throughout the year because, I, you know, we, look, Pete, we talked about this all off-season, right? They don't have the volume of cornerbacks and the experienced cornerbacks to man up across the field on teams. They just don't. So I think that's why you've seen a lot of zone over the course of the year.
0: Valid point, valid point. Uh, Jeff, I— I uh, appreciate that Saquon comment, and I think you're mm-hmm. onto something there, with respect to the power scheme or the run scheme. You know, me personally, I would prefer the three to four yards every every down instead of the negative two and then breaking thirty. You know, yeah. because yeah. it jacks up the whole flow of the game. You know what I mean? How sure. many times do we see three and outs? You know, with Saquon versus this, I'm um, dare I say it, dynamic running. Style that we have currently. Um, well, so well I wonder. I do had, wonder.
3: By the way, if you put Saquon yeah. in this scheme, yep. that's more of a yep. downhill scheme and not an outside zone, would the negative runs for him be reduced too? I don't know the answer to that, but I'd like to see it. It's interesting. Yeah. I
0: guess. I guess it all comes down to if he's going to dance instead mm-hmm. of just hitting the hole. Yep. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, one last point, One last question I have for you guys. Um, it sounds like the mystery guy for this year for me that I haven't heard his name called often is Dexter Lawrence. Is he in the rotation where he's getting the same amount of snaps as Tomlinson and uh, Leonard Williams? Is he seeing less snaps? That's why we're not seeing him making plays. Maybe I'm just not seeing it or hearing it, but I wanted to kind of get your, your feel on that. Thanks, guys. No, Pete,
3: yeah, good stuff. Great calls, and Jeff, I'll give you the numbers, and then and then I'll let you answer the question. Okay. Defensive snaps this year: Leonard Williams four forty five, Dalvin Tomlinson three eighty, Dexter Lawrence three sixty one. So okay. these guys are all in the same neighborhood together.
4: They are, and and it's all situations, okay? Um, and and Patrick Graham and the and. Coach Spencer, rotate those guys all around. So it just depends on down and distance. I mean, when you break all those numbers down, if you really went down and broke them all down to down and distance, you know, maybe Dexter Lawrence would be playing more snaps than those other guys. It just depends on the situations in the game.
3: And I'll give you some numbers. This is some of the analytics that are out there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me on these guys. Would you like pass rush first or run defense first? Run down? defense. Run defense. First, first and second okay. down. Uh, this is a, this is pro football focuses numbers okay so these are not official the tackle number is going to be much lower because they don't willy nilly give out tackles like the official scorers do uh, they have Dalvin Tomlinson for twenty three tackles Leonard Williams for fourteen and Dexter Lawrence for twenty uh, run stops I guess that means you you stop them short of where you need them to go I guess would be how they develop that I'm not sure what the exact number is Dalvin Tomlinson eighteen run stops Dexter Lawrence twelve Leonard Williams eleven. And then tackles for losses slash tackles for no gain, Tomlinson 10, Dexter Lawrence 4, Leonard Williams 6. So all those guys are kind of in that same zone in terms of rush defense. And you remember, guys just don't get a lot of glory for doing that dirty work inside. And, you know, that, that's the argument, too, for, for picking a defensive tackle mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the first round. So pass rushing stats, I'll give you these, Jeff. Uh, Leonard Williams has six quarterback hits, 16 quarterback hurries, and five sacks for 27 total pressures, a 13.5% win rate. Dexter Lawrence, two sacks, four quarterback hits, 10 quarterback hurries, 16 total pressures, a 12% win rate. And then Dalvin Tomlinson has one and a half sacks, four quarterback hits, eight hurries for just an 8.5% rate win rate. So Lawrence, not as good as Leonard Williams, but better than Dalvin Tomlinson in terms of Mm -hmm. rushing the passer.
4: And now you realize you realize why Leonard Williams wanted the distinction of being a defensive end, (laughs) right? Because, I mean, he wants to get paid like a defensive end, um, even though he plays inside and he also plays outside too. But, uh, you know, yeah, so, and again, I, I, like I said, I think it's just a matter of situational stuff. You know, what the, where those guys are in and you know, um, they they all play different different times of the games, and they have that rotation going through. But listen, Dalvin Thomason, in my opinion, is having a, a super year. I, I think he's he's making plays every game, every week, um, and so is Leonard Williams. All three of those guys are playing well.
3: Hey, look, and Jeff, that's a big reason, and I, I got my three calls on the line. I will get to it, I promise. But that is the reason I think this defense is able to play as as well as it has, and I think there there are some numbers that worry me a little bit. Like, they've dropped down, and I said this with Paul yesterday, Jeff, they've dropped down, and we talked about this in the offseason, the, the pass yards allowed per play stat, which okay. I think is a very important one. They were ranked 30th or so last year. Well, they're down to 23rd this year now in pass yards allowed per play defensively. So that, to me, is a red flag, but the rush defense is still phenomenal. Fifth in the league, 3.7 yards per carry, and I think that's helped them give up, to your point, they're giving up some of those dink and dunks, right? But they're not allowing the big chunk plays. They did it last week because of a couple of missed tackles, but they're not letting teams get the ball over the top on them. You're not seeing a bunch of deep passes, guys running free, and, and things of that nature, Jeff. And that's because of that front. They're, they can play two safeties deep all the time. We talked about this with sure. Eli Manning on this show, what, three, four years ago, Jeff? When teams are just playing two safeties high against him all oh, game, they kill them. And people complain, why isn't Eli throwing it down the field? Well, they it's because you have two safeties deep. Mm-hmm. And that's what this Giants defense is basically doing to other teams. You know, back then it's because the Giants couldn't run the ball at all because the line wasn't good and they didn't have great backs. But now the Giants are doing that the other way because their front is so good at stopping the run, they don't need to bring that extra safety up and it's helping them prevent some of those big plays down the field.
4: And, and, and I give a little kudos to that linebacker and crew, too. Oh, Blake um, has been great. You know, so I think that at times they can, you know, he stands up at the line of scrimmage and he'll blitz or he'll back off in coverage. And, you know, I, I, we don't talk enough about that guy. How, you <laughs> no. know he, By the way,
3: and we had a lot of fans call up and complain about that signing in the offseason. Of course. And I thought he's been exactly the guy that we talked about mm-hmm. when they brought him in. Really good against the run, a good yep. leader. And by the way, solid in zone coverage. You don't want him chasing around tight ends and chasing around you know, Boston Scott coming out of the backfield and man-to-man, but you know what? Patrick Graham saw it. He goes, look, if we put this guy in zone, he's pretty disciplined. He'll do a nice job, and he has. Yeah,
4: and he does have good speed, and he has obviously a knack for the football. I mean, every single time, Martinez, Martinez, Martinez. He's there. He's just, if you watch him, and watch how he just scours the line of scrimmage and understands where the plays are going. And by the way, that's from a lot of film study and understanding tendencies that these guys do in their preparation during the week.
3: Always in the right gap, Jeff.
4: He's always in the right place. And it's just lovely to watch. It yeah. really is. Absolutely.
3: We have, we have the OGs on the line right now of callers, Jeff. We have Scott, Len, and Joe just wow. Some of our they should long-timers. have their own show. Well,
4: those, they should have their own show, those three guys.
3: Let's not give them any ideas. Let's <laughs> let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's been holding the longest. Scott, what's up? Hi, Scott. I wouldn't mind my
5: own show, by the way. I figured right. that. That's why I wanted Jeff yeah. to keep his mouth shut, Scott. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short since you have the other two guys waiting. That's Oh, okay. what a nice uh,
4: caller, yeah.
5: Uh, I've looked at the stats on both teams, and I have agreed with pretty much everything you've said, John. But when you look at actually uh, comparing the two teams together, we have more passing yards than Philadelphia. We have more rushing yards uh, than Philadelphia. You already talked about the turnover ratio, which we lead in. Uh, I always look at the offensive plays uh, per yard, you know per per uh, play, and uh, Philadelphia. I. Think I think has 532 plays so far offensively, and they're averaging 5.0. And by the way, Scott, just
3: FYI, the only reason the Giants have more total passing yards is because the Eagles have had a bye week. If you look at their passing yards— oh, that, that's true. If, if you look at the Eagles' passing yards per game, it's about 20 yards higher than the Giants. Just FYI.
5: Right. Uh, but I looked also at the offensive plays that the Giants have. They have 547, and there's a tenth of a difference uh, between the two teams. They have 4.9 compared to 5 where the big bugaboos are, of course, is in touchdowns and also in sacks. Uh, you know, They've had 28 sacks. We've had 22. Uh, we are scoring. We have 23 touchdowns, and they have 28. So, no, Jeff, uh, no, Jeff, Scott, game, you're, but Scott, by uh, the way,
3: you're 100% right on all those numbers, but that's the point I tried to make earlier, that with all these guys coming back, and now maybe I'll end up being wrong, in which case you're going to end up being right. I think this is probably a better Eagles team on offense than those numbers dictate because they're that much healthier. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm.
5: Right. And I'd I'd also like to see Alfred Morris brought up, even though that's going to create some consternation, because I think that's an important aspect. They have to be able to have time of possession. I think he's one of the players that can do that. So overall, and I'll get off the air, do you think it's such a stretch that the Giants can't compete because we had this argument with Tampa Bay. Oh, they can compete, Scott. They can compete. Right. And that and that was my point of bringing up some of these stats. And I just want to get your overall perspective of what the Giants specifically have to do to beat the Eagles. And I'll get off the air.
3: Thanks, guys. Thank you, Scott. Good call. Um, yeah, look, we, guys, we're not trying to make it out that the Giants don't have a shot in this game. And look, we, we were really worried about that Tampa Bay two, game two weeks ago, and we were wrong. Uh, the Giants played their best game of the year in that yeah. game. Now, we you look really. back and you see what Tampa did the following week, and you're like... Okay, well, maybe we were more wrong about Tampa. I don't know the answer to that yet. I think we'll figure that out as the season goes along, right? But you gotta give the Giants credit. They played a hell of a game against Tampa. And if they look at it this way, if the Giants play as well against Tampa as they and they play that well this week, this will be a close game in the fourth quarter. Period. And I think to Scott's point, and this is what I'll say, Jeff, I think the two things that are keys for me in this game is win the battle up front on both sides. That means protect Daniel Jones, running on early downs. And then, you know, figure out a way to get the Carson Wentz. And, and this is the point that Ed made earlier in the show, and I think he was right on, is win the turnover battle, right? Mm-hmm. The Eagles have been a mess turning it over. And that's how the Giants won last week, being plus five. And I think those, to me, are the two keys. Turnovers is the
4: biggest one because that's what turnovers and penalties is. That's what has cost this team the games they should have won. So if you want to say how are they going to beat the Eagles, it's very simple. Turnovers and penalties. Boy, Eliminate L-
3: them. Lance has put penalties in your head. He has, like, subliminally drilled it into you so much doing that post-game show with him. Lance is obsessed <sighs> with penalties, and-, and he has just jammed it into yeah. your mind. Like, bet- like Between <laughs> him and Coughlin over the
4: years, yes. <laughs> I have it in my mind that penalties cost you games. I, and I wake do. up, penalties and they cost they you games. Penalties cost you games. You know, it's like uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I, I just... It's... But to your point earlier is that they've been critical penalties. And so you're going to have penalties, you know, obviously if you can have five or six of them a game, you're okay. But when you have seven or eight or nine of them and three of them are in critical situations that extend drives uh, for the opposing team and crucial parts of the game, uh, which increases time of possession. This game last week, the last time they played the Eagles, 27 minutes to 32 minutes. So five, five minutes of time of possession is still a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen in that time. You know, Jeff, it's
3: funny. Like, I know they lost to Tampa two weeks ago when they beat Washington, but I almost feel like if they play as well as they did against Tampa, they're in this game, they have a chance to win it. But if they play as well as they did last week, I don't know if they will be. I really think they played that much better against Tampa. And I, Kyler Facker, on the Giants huddle, it's up on the Giants website, go check it out. Uh, But he said, look, and I didn't even ask him about this. He volunteered. He goes, you know, "Ah, John, honestly – in a game where you're plus five in turnovers? I was just going to say. It really shouldn't be that close. And I didn't even ask him that. He said that to me, Mm -hmm. and he just brought it up on his own. So to me, you have to play a lot better than you did against Washington. But if you could put the game together you did against Tampa, you can win this game on Sunday.
4: Take a little bit of both, right? Take the ball away like you did last week and play as good as you did against Tampa. You'll kill this team. But I think the big one is I agree with you there. I agree because if you play – I think the Tampa game was probably – the most well-rounded football game the Giants played in all three phases. I agree. Uh, And so, you know, you got to bring that attitude and that kind of uh, competitiveness to the game this weekend. At home, by the way. I know that there's, you know, about the home field advantage and all that stuff, but... By the way,
3: road teams are now over five hundred (laughs) this year in the NFL. So I guess
4: we should not not say that at all anymore. So let's forget about home field in a way we're not even going to say. I'm not going to say it anymore.
3: Hey, but remember, though, the Eagles do have fans in the stands. So yeah. that that does yeah, make do. a difference, you know. If yeah. you are playing with no fans, I don't think it matters as much. But if there are fans, I think that does have a, have a, have an impact to an extent. Anyway, but
4: I think this game really just going to come down to like most games do, John. It's just a couple plays here, a couple oh, big plays wow. here and there, and I think that Giants
3: Eagles over the past six years. Oh that, my goodness, that, that has been the definition of it. So I'm with it, you. It
4: really is, and it's just it will continue. I said it here on Friday, Friday the 13th, by the way. Oh, not there even. will be big plays in this game. But I'm just wondering because John, uh, Paul, and I did a show on Monday, and Paul wanted to invite you. Were on the other line, remember? He wanted to invite me to MetLife Stadium to pour garlic all over the field. I'm wondering what, if he, he did. W- this. No, he
3: did it. Did he really say that? <laughs> yes. I wasn't paying attention. I was working. Mondays are busy for
4: me. Yes, oh, he's crazy. He wanted to. This was the jinx that he wanted uh, to remove. This, this, you know, what's going on here by putting some Italian jinx on the Eagles, <laughs> right? Bringing in 50-gallon fifty make- fifty gallon.
3: Drums of garlic. <laughs> does, does, he, does, does he think the Philadelphia Eagles are vampires of some kind? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Is his Carson Wentz like Count Dracula in disguise? I, I guess so. But I, <laughs> no No? <laughs> oh,
4: my goodness. I, it has to end, though, soon. Maybe this Sunday. Now, Let's as you well it. know,
3: Paul has been compared to the count before, so I'm, fi- I'm surprised oh, he would yeah, actually want to cool. have the garlic on the field. That might mm-hmm. actually affect him in some adverse way. That's funny. One oh, barrel of garlic. Two <laughs> barrels of garlic.
4: <laughs> I, can't now. I, I, I basically
3: I basically have to watch Sesame Street in the count every day. So I'm sorry. sure you do. I do. Yeah. I love Sesame Street. It's good. How,
4: anyway. And is there is there like an, a new version of Sesame Street? It's gotta be way different than it used to be uh, it's very, they
3: haven't uh, they've, they've they've it's it's vir- <laughs> virtually the same. But they've introduced, and I know I'm killing Len and Joe here. I'm sorry. Okay, guys. sorry, Len, But Joe, but, but they yeah. have, but they have, they've introduced a bunch of new characters. Okay. So the characters that I grew up on, and a little bit later that you grew up on, yeah. You know, Big Bird still, you know, very front Cookie and center. Monster. Cookie Monster, very okay, front and center. But right. Bert and Ernie have kind of been pushed aside a little bit. Sure. They're not as big of a deal. Grover, not mm-hmm. quite as big of a deal uh oscar still has some good little bit bit parts a- as you might guess being the grumpy person that i am i'm am a big fan of oscar and mm-hmm. if and if lance would be in sesame street he would be oscar the grouch as you mm-hmm. well know um but you know you have like El- elmo's new he's kind of the star okay abby who's like a little fairy and then you okay. have rosita who's also I actually like rosita wow. i think she's a good character zoe who has a pet rock she's a little annoying um but yeah <laughs> They have a they, they have a bunch of new characters that have pushed some of the old timers aside, unfortunately. But it's still good. It's educational, and I think my daughter's actually learned a lot a lot of letters and numbers and stuff from Sesame Street. So that's what it's all about. Anyway, and it, but now it's also on a paid service. It's now on HBO. It is not on. I don't know when it gets on Channel Thirteen. But Sesame Street, you got to pay for it now. It, it is on HBO. I remember, it was
1: a PBS station. It was public. Uh, HBO did yeah. some
3: uh, uh, threw out yeah. some dollars, and I think they acquired Sesame Street. So yeah. yeah. It's different. Anyway, giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card security features and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at com slash Giants member FDIC. We'll continue to break down Sesame Street with Joe in Pennsylvania. He joins us next. Hey, Joe.
6: Hey, guys. Did you Joe. mention
3: Cookie Monster? Oh, yeah. yeah by the way, Cookie Monster is still front and center, and he's awesome. I love Cookie Monster.
6: Yeah, yeah. That's going back a little for me, Uh you know? but uh this this is a playoff game and uh you know it, it, the quarterbacks you know the eagles are feeling the pressure too wincing that. they they Farr this week said you know they should have kept folds again you know and, who said that this week uh brett Farr. he he, really? he said he said they should have kept folds you know what i mean that he was uh I he took them that. far enough he 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 was running that system well he says Wince uh, Wentz might have a bigger upside, but he's yet to show it, you know. You know Joe, here's the funny so,
3: thing, and you probably have a, 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 a better feel for this being in Pennsylvania than Jeff and I do, but Nick Foles basically was bad that year except for the final two games. <laughs> and, look, he was great in the NFC Championship game in yeah. the Super Bowl. I'm not taking anything away from you. He was fantastic in those two games, played like a star. But at the end of the regular season that year, he stunk up the joint. He was no good. Thanks. Well, at least he was on the field. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs>
6: so you know what I mean. Showed up, you know. But he was running the system well. So that's all. Hey, that's all. But all I'm saying, this is adding pressure to the Eagles. You know, they're they're feeling it. You know, they feel like this is a team. They're a better team than the Giants. They said the Giants are improving, but they're they're a better team. They want to uh, fight it out in the pits with us, and we'll see who's tougher. You know, so. It, you know, I hope we can uh, – we're going to want to run the ball more than them, I think. so, But mm-hmm. I think when we do throw the ball, I hope our receivers, you know, want to catch that ball first. Make <laughs> sure you catch it, especially in this bad weather, you know. so uh, uh, But one thing I did notice, you know, not last, last year and the years before where there was a lot of receivers running wide open. that That's done with. But what's what on me this year, and it happened last – Week two in the Washington game, in the blitz, and we're 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 not recognizing the blitzer that's coming up on the line of scrimmage, and he's running free in there, and Daniel ain't noticing him either. On that play, he got hit, and almost could have fumbled it. He held on. It was a a clear blitzer, and our, our uh, receivers, tight ends, in that all they have to do is turn around then. They don't even have to run down a fielder so they are wide open and they can run for ten yards. They were showing it on the film, so I hope they recognize that you know and uh, on picking up these blitzers, whoever it just seems like the offensive lineman the the back, uh the back who's in a backfield and and even our quarterback. they're not recognizing this guy, and he's running right free in there. I've seen it a lot this year. So I hope they they really worked on that and can pick that up. That's a big play. So, uh, but uh, if we can run the ball, uh, uh, you know, and hold them, we we got to make them earn it and run it down the field. They'll wince if they if we hold them and keep them in there and keep uh, keep it close. He may throw it up there again, and give us more chances, just like it happened in the Washington game there, where the pressure was on and uh, what's his name, the quarterback threw a couple picks.
3: There, Alex so, Smith. Uh, yeah.
6: Yeah, so uh, right, I hope we can can do it and uh, go Giants because it'll set the tone for the rest of the season if we win this game. No, so.
3: I'm with you. And look, just getting over the hump against an Eagles team that you've lost, what, 21 out of 26, is it, Jeff, now? I think mm-hmm. the numbers yeah. or 21 out of 25, something like that. So
4: it's a lot, John. Just
3: getting over the hump's a big deal. And I will say this. I think the Giants have been better the last couple of weeks at picking up some of those blitzes. They got them on that corner blitz when, when Jones kind of got lit up. They faked the... The double mug in the a back with the, in the a gap with the two linebackers and brought mm-hmm. the corner, and the Giants didn't pick that one up. I think they've been better at it, and it'll be interesting now as they continue to rotate these offensive linemen. Will Hernandez will be back, but Lemieux still going to get rotated in. You're rotating at Matt paired at left and right tackle. How does that impact some of the blitz stuff? Though the Eagles are not a heavy blitz team, folks. They pressure no. a lot. They're really good at getting sacks and pressuring the quarterback, but they don't blitz a lot. So this is going to be more about the offensive line holding up one-on-one, Jeff, than yes. dealing and yes. figuring out blitzes.
4: Because they have a really good secondary. They've built that secondary up, and they rely on that pass rush yeah. without having to blitz, which gives them a lot more time to cover. And so, and they can do it. Those guys can get home. And it's just got to be responsible and fundamentally sound and give Daniel Jones some time to, to make his read and plant his foot and throw it. I would like to see Daniel Jones, if he, if he can, to get outside the pocket a little bit and move, or move the pocket and give, give, give those receivers time to get open. Um, because if you don't, he's going to be sitting in there. And if he has to stay in the pocket, ball security is at a premium with this Eagles team. All they, right. they will rip it out of your throat.
3: All right, I looked up the weather, Jeff. So 50, right. 57 on Saturday. You're going to
4: sound like Paul Dettino now.
3: High of 57. I'm not okay. going to talk about like the dew Perfect. point or anything like that. Perfect. Um, wind at 15 miles per hour, gusting up to 30. Oh, boy. 50% chance of rain, but it looks like the rain has moved more to the evening hours. So okay. we might get the game in before it starts, but you are going to have a little bit of wind there a little and, bit. and a chance of rain. So that's and, what the weather looks like.
4: And the, and the wind, for, for fans who have never been in that stadium, the wind is nothing like the Meadowlands. Old stadium. Um, the wind in that new stadium is a little bit less. So when you when I used to hear thirty miles an hour, I would run and jump under my covers and basically <laughs> want to never come out. Um, but but uh, I hear thirty miles an hour. That's not going to. It's 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 a lot. But that stadium doesn't have a whole lot of wind in it because it's just so months It's just so big. Well, it's basically
3: hot. a big air conditioning vent. So the wind kind of blows through it, right? I it mean, really you have does. you have all the slats, and this isn't me being derogatory. Just telling stating a fact that you know, the concourses kind of open up onto the field. So the wind, rather than kind of getting stuck inside and swirling, it kind of just blows right through it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And there's the wind on that. And, and we'll get, we'll get to the call, but the wind on that field is from the 20 yard line to the goal lines on each side. Other than that, the middle of the field there, there really isn't much wind. I remember Lawrence Tynes was telling me that Interesting. That a lot of times, you know, he wanted to kick a further field goal than a shorter one because did, there wasn't much wind when the ball would first start out. Hmm. So, um, yeah, not long, like 50s plus but, you know, the the 42-yarder the was a lot better than a 28 or a 30-yarder because there was much more wind down there inside the 30-yard line.
3: Well, and on the shorter ones, too, right, you're putting more air, there, air underneath it, so the wind has a better chance of moving it because it doesn't have quite as much velocity, right, going towards the goalpost?
4: Yep, 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 a lot of stuff that goes into it, but I think the Giants, if they don't have to throw the football and run it,
3: then they'll be okay. All right, here we go. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Hello, Len in Columbia, Maryland. Good afternoon, sir. Happy Friday. Hi, Len.
7: Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up? Good. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you know, it, it's hard to talk about a two seven team in a big game, but hey, it's a big <laughs> but it's game nice. But it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I there mean, it's a big game. Uh, you know, division rival at home. Um, you know, we got to turn this thing around. Uh, we we got to start. now. Maybe we can't go one and five in a division. Now we won't do that this year because we've already won two games. But yeah, you know, we got to get on the winning side in you know in the division. You know, and and Len, that, you that, got to how, eventually beat – That's how I measure growth. Yeah, and Len, you yeah, eventually
3: and you eventually got to beat somebody that's not Washington in the division. You know, they have yeah, been Washington yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. but you got to beat Philadelphia yeah. Dallas at some point. Yeah,
7: you know, and you, and you, this is I think this is where you really start evaluating your players. Yep. Um, you know, how did they do against division rivals? If these guys aren't good enough to beat the Eagles and the Cowboys, and we're going to go two and four again in division, then we we got to think about getting new guys. Uh, and let me let me give you a couple of examples here. Um, look, Slayton got slowed down last week, and in the first Eagles game on that Thursday night, uh, he got you know he got he was
1: mm-hmm.
7: he was slowed down by Slay who's a good defensive back. Jeff already spoke to that. And
3: last week, by the way, Kendall Fuller is a very underrated yeah, yeah, corner. He's yeah. one I of mean, the best so, in the league. You
7: know, uh, uh, if, if, if our best outside receiver can't do better than he's done in those two games, we got to look for a better outside receiver.
3: Well, Len, I, I, and I think maybe what that's telling you is that at least not right now in his second year, Slayton might not be a one yet. He might still be just a very good two. You know what I mean?
7: Yeah, well, that's and it may be that that's the way it's going to turn out. But that but that leaves the void, John. Sure. which means we got to look for a one. Absolutely, right, you, you're, no? trying yep. develop, and, and,
4: you're trying to develop. You're trying to develop Austin Mack into being a, a formidable receiver too. He's a big guy, six foot
3: two. I don't two think 15. he's. A, I don't think he's a one though, Jeff. He doesn't. No, have no, to no. Speed I, I, I I think not, I'm I'm saying
4: trying to develop him right. to be a good receiver, but not mm. a number one. You never know.
7: Yeah, our our best our best chance of having a number one is Slayton. Yes. Uh, everybody, all the other guys are twos, guy. I mean, they are. So yeah. we're hoping for Slayton. And what I'm saying is if, if he can't, uh, you know, if he can't get out there and, and catch six, seven passes and a touchdown against Slay, uh, you know, I don't know. And, and the other key spot, and you know, you talked about how the Eagles dominated us in the first half of that Thursday night game, and indeed they did. I thought in that first half the best player on the field was Kelsey. I mean, he was moving around our offensive linemen like they were just pawns. Just well, he's great. Over there. He's a great player. Now, he's, a, he's a terrific player. But, hey, that, that brings up this point. Um, come on, Dalvin. It's a contract year.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: If, we can't, if we're going to go 2-4 and four in the division uh, with you getting pushed around by Kelsey, I'll, I'll go get somebody else. I'll move Lawrence inside. So um, I mean, these—it's it's time for us to play our best against these division teams. Yeah. Or else you got it—you know—you know—you say it's a wasted year. Um, and so those—and you know—the safeties, John. I know they're the best pair of safeties we've had in quite a long time. But I, I'm still, uh, for me, they're still a little suspect. In what Let's way? let see them come up. I mean, there's a—you know—there's a lot of yardage being gained through the pass, and it's not just that one cornerback position. You know, I'm I'm not convinced that those two guys are the safeties of the future. Now I'm keeping my fingers crossed on McKinney. Even if we have to look to next year, not the rest of the season, that that he's the kind of guy that can really be a game changer in there and get us to four and two in the division. Mm You know, I I guess I sound like I'm a little frustrated. And and I am well. It's they are just, two and seven, Len. You know, I understand.
3: I, understand.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's time. It's it's just it's just time to win these division games. No,
3: i and, I'm with um,
7: you. And um, yeah, you know, and and you and so so let's see these guys really come. You, you, you know, Tomlinson. Let's see him push Kelsey around, and let's get Martinez to 12 to 14 tackles. because um, because that's 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 the key. If the nose tackle is tying up that center, if you run a three four defense. It's all about it's all about Martinez getting to the ball carrier. No, it's true. And it all starts it all starts with that nose tackle. I'm I'm optimistic, and so I'm going. But I'm going to ask you guys this, and, and you've alluded to a couple of numbers, but and I'll start with Jeff. Jeff, when you're in the going through practice leading up to a game, mm-hmm. did the coaches start setting goals like you know we don't want to punt more than three times?
4: Well, there's, there's uh, we want
7: we want them to punt five times.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Uh, we want to hold uh, we want to hold their running game to less than 100 yards. Sure. It, it, does that kind of talk take place in the locker room, Jeff?
4: Yes, it does. But you know, the offense and the defense set their season goals. You know, there's a big a lot of times on the offensive meeting room or defensive meeting room. There's a big board um, land that has you know those numbers on there. These are the numbers we feel is this is the I would say the uh, equation to win. And what are some one,
3: examples of those numbers, Jeff?
4: Well, I guess yeah, uh, yeah. you know less than 100 yards rushing for for a team. Um, penalties, five or less. Um, turnovers. You know, win the turnover battle every week. You know, yeah. um, you're not going to not turn the football over in the NFL, so you know that. So going into it, you just but you want to win it. Um, special teams, uh, field position, uh, drive starts. And then, you know, so there are, yes, the answer is to, now there's special goals on a weekly basis because of your opponent. You know, you yep. might have some dynamic guy like Saquon Barkley who, you know, you hold him to 100 yards as an opponent, you're going to win the game most likely. So there's different types of individual goals every week. But the answer is, yes, they put them up, they game plan, and on Wednesday when you're given your game plan, you open up that book and there's your goals for Now, the
3: week. Now, Len, I will say this, I don't get the sense that, that's something Joe judge necessarily does. He said a couple times on pressers that I don't really get locked into the numbers. And I think that's something the coaches kind of look at internally mm-hmm. the way I think they approach it with the players mm-hmm. is that they're focused on such, you know, minute detail and simple things like assignment football and doing your fundamentals yeah. correctly okay. that they yeah. don't want to put a lot of that big picture stuff in the head. You know, it, it goes back to the old Patreon you do your job, right? And I think that's really yeah. what their focus is on with the, with the individual it, players week in week out, depending on the opponent.
4: It does.
7: Let me I, let I, me just. I think I, I think what will happen, John, is if we get if we someday get to seven and two, uh, under Joe Judge, he'll be more concerned with those individual goals.
3: I agree with that. That's I think fair. Two
7: and, I think at two and seven, uh, you know, he may be talking about he may he you know he may be talking about some other things, but I, I always think those kinds of Goals are important. They are um, important.
4: They're, t- uh, they're and, huge. You know, I try important.
7: to I try to make them up. I, I for example, I think we got to have at least two turnovers.
3: Two
4: takeaways. Hopefully,
7: that wins it, right? the turnover battle. But yeah. I think we got to get to two.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree.
7: You know, I and, think that's fair. And uh, if if those Eagles tight ends run wild, I'm going to throw a number out there. If the Eagles tight ends catch more than six balls, we're we're in serious trouble. <laughs> I mean, we got to control those tight ends on on the Eagles. All right, Len. Okay, right. hey, you. let's win this game. Hey, Thank thanks you, for taking
3: my call. Hey, thanks right. for calling in, bud bud. Um,
4: well, you know they're going to get six targets.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So, right. Well, and the funny thing, too, Jeff, is that the first six weeks or so of the year, the Eagles were the top 12 personnel team in the league. They have ran 12 personnel, I think, more than half the time. But the last two weeks, or the last two games that they've played in, they've been in 11 personnel, like, 80% of the time. So, and then again, remember, they have injuries at tight end and stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. um. They've been a lot more eleven personnel with their receivers, so I think that's something interesting to keep an eye on.
4: Yeah, well, the health of your team determines that a lot. Bingo, you know. Mm-hmm. So and and until
3: um, Ertz gets back, which might be in a week or two, then th- that's probably how they're going to work it.
4: Yeah, that'll be the more eleven yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, the tight end is an important dynamic to that Eagles offense. So, I mean, six catches. I I, I don't think that that was – if you're going to give them six catches, as long as there's six catches and for a total of 30 yards, I'm right. okay. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you, you you have to prevent those chunk plays, whether it's down the mm-hmm. seam or those deep over routes, things like that. Anyway, Charlie and Pearl and May will wrap us up. All Hi, our old-timers got in. Charlie had to make his voice heard. What's up, bud? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys.
1: Hey, i am going to start my own uh, show, too, and I'm going to call it Giant Nation. Okay. I told I, me see, now, the trolley, uh, me. Charlie,
3: I'm, I'm a radio guy, so <laughs> I'm going to give you a really good piece of advice on something you could name your show, okay? Call it uh, the, the Giant's Asylum. <laughs> and, you, and you can open the show. Welcome to Charlie's Giant's Asylum. I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, that's, that's a good one, too. <laughs> Go, Go ahead,
3: up. Charlie. What's your point?
1: Hey, what, my point is this. Look. Look at all these quarterbacks. Look at Herbert. Look at Barrows. Look at Burrow. Murray. Look at all these guys, right? And even this guy from uh, Jacksonville put up 400 yards, and I don't even know his name. He just came in. Well, you didn't know so Barrows' name either, you. so that's fine. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. But all these guys Wheel are lighting Barrow. it up. They're lighting it up, and they're playing incredible. And Daniel Jones is not even in their class. He's not even in their class. But what right? this, I mean. What, what, what does to say? I want, I want you to say that this guy is not a franchise quarterback. Charlie, we can we have, have that say, discussion
3: after the season. You don't have to make that decision in November. There's seven games left. I've
1: said it a bajillion well, ma-
3: times. Why are, you, why are you forcing me to make that decision before I have all
1: the information I can have? Because he's making the decision every time he plays. I'm just telling you about these other quarterbacks. They're rookies. They come in three, 400 yards. They're lighting it up. They're throwing it down the field. And by the way, you in fairness, me- Kyler
3: Murray has not been great passing the football this year. He's been great running it. He has not been great passing it. In fairness, and Lamar Jackson, by the way, hasn't been great passing the football this year either. Just FYI on those two specific guys. Just saying.
1: Okay. How good was, no, how, yeah. Let me ask you
4: a question, Charlie. How good was Oregon in college? How good was LSU in college? How good were those guys in college? What kind of a players did they have around him in college? What kind of development did they have in college that yeah, but did what Daniel kind of players do
1: they have now around them? I, you can't tell uh, me the Chargers' offensive line is much better than ours.
4: Well, they might be. Who knows? No, I don't watch a I, lot of Chargers. I, I think it's better. And,
3: and, and he also has Keenan Allen, by the way, who's excellent. Yeah. yeah I tell
4: well, you what, I, 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 was, I wanted to say this to Joe before, not to Joe, to uh, Len, you know, I, I'm looking at the – and I don't want to even go here right now, but John, John I know John doesn't either but because we haven't even started about the draft. But, but boy, you talk about wanting to look at quarterbacks. How about looking at some of these receivers that came out last year in the draft? Oh, yeah, I yeah, would man. love to get a receiver like one of these guys – that these teams grabbed last and year. And Jeff, they're saying this class might be better than last year. Well, then let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me Bro, up. Last year it was a that? center I wanted. I, wanted, I wanted. I want a receiver this year.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, whose fault's that? We didn't pick anybody, we didn't grab anybody. Well, Charlie, there's so year. many. We were working needs. on the offensive line.
3: Charlie, there's so many needs, you, you can't fill them all in one year.
1: I'm surprised well, to.: a... Oh, by the way,
3: Troy, I was going to ask you, are you still upset they haven't signed Jadavie and Clowney? You called up for four straight weeks as of his offseason <laughs> screaming why the Giants didn't sign Clowney. Nice. What do you think about that What's now, by the way? What's
1: wrong with Clowney? What's He's wrong with clown. Clowney? Oh.
3: Look at his stats this year. Okay? For how much? Yeah, hey.
1: yeah.
0: Troy, we got to go. Disruptor. It's 1 o'clock. we got to go. I
1: watched that game. He is not I watched that game. I, w- I watched that game last night. Oh, Jeff, I want to ask you. Hurry. That poor punter. Hey, did yeah. you ever, like, shanked the ball and then in the next play you got it blocked? Yes.
4: <laughs> yes. I know exactly <laughs> really? what he went through. I, I told John before yeah. we came on, I was in the Raiders Thank game you, when go. I was with the Seattle Seahawks, and I had one of those games. And I would never, ever forget it. It was, a, it was a, a Sunday night game. It was raining. It was cold. I had a two punts blocked. And I had also a punt returned, I think, for oh, either a touchdown or something. I don't think my, I think my net average was negative that night. I really do. It was that bad. That's a rough um, day. And by,
3: the way, and by the way, just FYI, Jeff, I think Leonard Williams has been a much better player than Clowney has this year. Uh, how about more and of a not consistent close. player? He's been better. A consistent, better right? pick. You know, take whatever yeah. word you want. All right. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Jeff, good stuff. We'll talk to you on Sunday for our pregame show at 11 okay, on the Okay, John.
4: Thank you. Pearson, thank you. Callers, thank you. Everybody, thank you. Have a great weekend, John. I'll talk to you over the weekend. All right.
3: Big Blue Kickoff is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. It's on giants.com, the Giants mobile app, all your favorite podcast platforms. Big Blue Kickoff Live has been presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you Sunday, 11 on the Fan. Preview Giants Game Day, presented by Bud Light at 11.30 on WFN in New York. We'll see you then.